Hi, and welcome back to Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam. Today, it's a pleasure to have with us a former presidential candidate, but also a uh, congressman from California. My kids love him. They live out there. Uh, and and uh, more interestingly, uh, a subject of a DOJ investigation uh, recently. And so we're here to talk to Congressman uh, Eric Swalwell. Eric, thanks for coming back to the show. Of course. Of course. Thanks, Brian. Uh, glad to have you. So um, we'll go into the break, but I'd like you to consider this question um, as we go into the break. Were you surprised? <laughs> we'll be right back. Just ask the question. Facts you can hear. Hey, JATQ podcast listeners. As you know, now more than ever, the truth is hard to come by. Misinformation and bias seem to be almost everywhere. But don't let those fear mongers get you down. Just ask the questions and help support a vital pillar of democracy by subscribing to our brand new Patreon page. We are independent, fact-oriented, and never partisan. Help us keep bringing you the objective news you need at patreon.com slash J-A-T-Q podcast. That's patreon.com slash J-A-T-Q podcast. Hi, we're back. It's uh, Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam, and with us is uh, Congressman Eric Swalwell, who found out last week that he was had his stuff turned over to the Department of Justice uh, from Apple, and uh, I'd like, that's my first question. Were you surprised that the Trump DOJ did that to you? I, I wish I was surprised, um, but honestly, I, I guess I'm, I'm surprised that they were so just reckless in their targeting, right? I mean, if they wanted to go after me and Schiff, you know, they could have kind of wrapped that into an investigation of just going after every member of Congress. But I mean, they just went after the two that I, I think were the most vocal, which just to me is just na nakedly obvious, like what they were up to. And, and Brian, I, I want to make it clear. I mean, one, this is not about me. I think this is about anyone who's, who speaks out against the president and, and what a president could do to violate you know, their rights. You certainly have been a victim of that. Uh, but two, I'm not above the law. If, if I do something wrong, I'm not trying to suggest that the government doesn't have a right to seek a warrant and surveil you know, my data. But what, what's interesting here is I've been on the Intel Committee going on seven years now. And long before this instance of, of surveillance, targeted surveillance, there were classified leaks coming out of the intelligence community. And I was a part of a small group of people that had access to what was being leaked. And this was never an investigative uh, tactic that was used. I'd never found out in the past that 
uh, my data had been searched because I, there was no reason for me to be a suspect then, just as there was no, nothing changed you know, when Donald Trump was president, except I happened to speak out along with Mr. Schiff against him. And so I, I certainly hope that this inspector general uh, investigation can find out who was a part of it, and then we can have some consequences for those individuals. Will there be consequences? I mean, not there have to be. You're right. There have to be. I mean, it's it's bullshit, and we just can't keep saying, "Well, you know, he he shattered the norms," and then not try and put back in place uh, the norms. You know, not not to try and uh, harden you know those norms. Well, the, the fear is: look, if you don't prosecute now, you're laying the groundwork for further. Uh, insurrection. Uh, they figure this is okay. They got away with it. What's it going to be next time? Right. So one, he thinks he's coming back in August. We know that's not going to happen. He may try. I mean, we, he did try to overthrow oh, the government. What, yeah. What's he going to do? Drive up to the White House and knock on the door and go, let me in? I mean, yeah, I mean it like, doesn't again, work I, that I way. I don't put anything past this guy anymore, right? Like, I mean, I'm done oh. just laughing and saying, you know, it's a, it's a joke. I mean, he sent a mob to try and kill uh, me and my colleagues and to stop the vote that was that there throw yeah. him out right so he thinks he's coming back in august it's probably not going to happen he's running for president again in 24 I, I hope that doesn't happen but i'm just worried that if he is in power again or if any of his wannabe cronies are in power again that they won't be so patient the next time that having a, a grand jury investigate they may just say you know what we're going to skip that step and we're just going to lock them up well and uh, my you know, the overall concern, of course, is minority rule that the, the even though the GOP is shrinking in its scope, it's trying to keep a, a, a noose around the country when it comes to power. Um, and how do you deal with that on the inside? I mean, you're sitting there. You have the DOJ looking at you. Matt Gates is sitting over a committee while he's under investigation uh, with the FBI. I mean, it sounds to me like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the inmates yeah, yeah. are running the asylum. Yeah, and, and Brian, the Gates example is exactly why I, I don't want to give the false impression that no members, member of Congress exactly. you know, should be free of surveillance. Like if, if they had a proper, what, what they call predicate, you know, to investigate him, then that's fine. If, if they show, well, you know, for X, Y, Z reasons, we think Swalwell and Schiff should have been surveilled, fine. I, I don't buy it because I know... I know what I did and I know what I did not do. And so to me, it just feels, you know, partisan. And yes, I, I think that that is the theme, though. Minority rule is, is the theme now, right now, where uh, you're seeing these justices that they forced through the, you know, Supreme Court are now going to, you know, subject us, you know, to years of opinions that are outside the mainstream. You're seeing a, a Senate minority able to hold up, you know, voting right uh, reforms. You're seeing uh, in many of these states where Democrats prevailed in 2020, they're going back and now making it harder uh, for Democrats to win. But yes, this is, you know, a, a true, you know, autocracy by the minority. Well, and the, the uh, criticism of the Democrats is why don't you take advantage of the uh, slim majority you have and just tell, you know, the GOP to sit their butts down, especially Mitch McConnell, tell them to shut up and sit down and take it like a man. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, <laughs> so how do you, Will you do it? Will the Democrats do that? We, we have to. And look, when McConnell said this morning uh, on another podcast or another show uh, that if he is in power in 2023 and Joe Biden had a vacancy on the Supreme Court, yeah. he wouldn't even give him a vote. I mean, we, we know what he's going to do because he's done it already. Before. And so 
I just hope um, people in the Senate think long and hard about what we lose as a democracy if we think we're going to get Mitch McConnell to come around and, and finally do the right thing. The man was nearly killed on January 6th by Donald Trump, and he still didn't vote to convict at his impeachment trial. We know who he is. He's not hiding. He's not like trying to trying to convince us that he's someone else. No. He is who he is. And we need to be who the American people need us to be right now. And, and those are, you know, lawmakers who care a lot about the future of this country. Do you think Breyer should retire? Look, I, I'm not going to tell a Supreme Court justice what to do other than right. to say, like, we paid the price, um, sadly, with the loss of, you know, Justice Ginsburg. It's, it's going to dramatically alter the court. Young, I, I saw a young woman the other day on my staff uh, tear up when she, you know, heard about what Texas had just done, you know, it, with its fetal heartbeat bill. Uh, this is a young woman from Texas originally, you know, who's, who told me, she said, look, people don't find out, you know, when they're pregnant, usually at five or six weeks, many, right. my wife and I, we have a third coming, Brian, and we found out at 10 weeks. Thank you. We, we found out at 10 weeks. So it, these decisions, uh, you know, have life and death consequences. And so I, I would just hope Justice Breyer, you know, recognizes, you know, the very narrow window we have um, you to know, get somebody in to keep yeah. a reasonable justice on the court. But I, again, it's his decision and, and I, I wouldn't dare weigh in. I think we know from history what, what can happen. Well, I'll, I'll go to the, uh, you're going to have your third child now. Yeah. I, when you're, when you have your first, you can double team, right? Right. Have right. your second, you're man to man, but you're going to zone defense now, buddy. You're in trouble. Something's going to fall through the cracks. I'm just well, my hope is that I can co-op uh, number one and get him on my team rather than having to guard him. <laughs> Not going to happen. <laughs> There's going to be times you're going to think he's on your team, but he's right. siding with the brothers and sisters. Right, right, right. And I'll die a happy man if I just figure out how they got the footprints on the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian, I, I'm one of four, oldest of Me four. Too. I'm the oldest of four. Wow. And I've always wanted four, and I know the pathway to to four, you have to go through three. But a lot of people who have four say we never even intended to having four. We never intended to having three. But once we had three, we figured what the hell, <laughs> even it out. So, well, we had wife, three, and I, I considered the fourth. And my wife said, "Sure, if you carry it to term." So <laughs> that ended that discussion. <laughs> yep. Three is yep. me. <laughs> That's right. But congratulations. When, uh, when are you? When uh, November. So November. and off your uh, November baby. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so uh, we're, we'll take a short break. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about the insurrection. And, and, the, uh, and of course, we've talked about Breyer. But, and, and then the favorite thing that everyone's asking about these days is, is the, uh, the uh, uh, DOJ. No, it, not the DOJ. The uh, Defense Department report on uh, aerial phenomenon. So stick around. We'll be right back. Yep. In three, two, one. Hi, we're back. It's just asked the question. With me is Congressman from California, Eric Swalwell. And Eric, I guess uh, the big question about uh, the DOJ, uh, there's been some consternation that um, the uh, DOJ is defending the lawsuit for Donald Trump, while at the same time uh, going after, and we saw a resignation today from someone inside the DOJ who was uh, involved in, and I think, in the investigation into you and others. Uh, are we getting mixed messages and is Merrick Garland doing the right job? Well, I, I want Merrick Garland to continue to be independent. I think that was you know, the biggest 
sea change when he came in after Bill Barr, which was to restore sure. the independence of the department. Um, but there's a difference between independence and even-handedness. And my fear is that the department would think, you know, I've got to give one to the red team, one to the blue team. And the defense of Donald Trump in the E. Jean Carroll defamation case, uh, to me, feels like they're being even-handed. They, like they're trying to show that, you know, well, we're still going to defend this because it's during the middle of the case and we don't want to be seen as, you know, anti-Trump. But let's be real, Brian. I mean, under what circumstance is it a part of your presidential duties to defame a sexual <laughs> assault accuser? I mean, okay, I, let's just give him the benefit of the, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. It, he was asked the question at a press conference where he's acting as president. Okay, does that mean if he was to like pull out a gun and shoot somebody at the press conference, we would say, well, he was acting as president? No, like he could have just said, you know what, I'm not going to answer that question. <coughs> that, yeah. Ask me that question outside of my official duties, or he could have just not defamed her. But no, of course, you're he, asking too much there. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I, I just don't, I don't accept uh, that he was acting in the scope of his employment. And I don't think taxpayers should have to defend somebody who goes outside the scope of their employment, just as I think uh, I mean, under, under this reasoning, the DOJ should also defend Donald Trump in any actions brought against him for the insurrection, right? I mean, because right, he's gonna, he, was he, acting he is claiming yeah. he's acting in his official capacity. Well, and what concerns me is that this is an expansion of executive power directly uh, opposite of what uh, Biden said coming into office that, you know, he, he was against authoritarianism. He wanted to limit the scope of power, but this would expand the executive scope of power quite a bit, the defense of this particular suit. Then that's, that's right. Awesome. And Brian, I, I think another way that the Biden administration could show true independence would be for, for the president to order Justice Garland, to order Attorney General Garland to revoke the DOJ opinion that a president cannot be indicted. Uh, I, I think that would show oh. the American people um, that no one's above the law. And, you know, we, we know Biden is not going to lead corruptly, so he doesn't have anything to worry about himself. But I, I really think that move um, would really show a departure from, you know, the Trump era. Well, yeah, and, and, and a departure from the very authoritarianism that he yeah. claims that he's against. Yeah. It would be a, a fit rather nicely hand in glove uh, i don't know if it'll happen but your lips to god's ears have you had any discussion with them about it no I, I look we're we're working on the judiciary committee on a number of reforms whether it relates to subpoenas or the emoluments clause uh you know the the various honor codes that had always been followed before that donald trump took a wrecking ball to that now can't just be an honor code it can't just be good men and women who say yeah we don't do that now you have to put it into the rule of law. So that, that's where we're working right now. What do you think the biggest change will be? Well, so I hope as it relates to congressional investigations that congressional subpoenas are honored again, that there's a fast track uh, in the courts when you want you know, to subpoena the executive branch. You know, we saw Donald Trump, who's a legal terrorist, masterfully uh, was able to like wait us out. We just heard from Don McGahn 10 days ago, right? I yeah. mean, that, that's crazy. We asked to hear from Don McGahn uh, in the spring of 2019. Yeah, two yeah. years ago. 
and it just finally uh, came to head. So we can't allow future presidents to think they can just wait out Congress because the courts move so slow. So having like a fast track, you know, to the Supreme Court on matters of, you know, separation of powers, I, I do think could be the, the biggest game changer so that Congress could, again, assert its preeminent, uh, you know, authority as a, as the, I, I think the preeminent branch of government, you know, yeah. we, were, we were made article one for a reason, right? We came first. <laughs> yeah. Like the first amendment. That's, yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> there's a reason for that. Uh, but let's go, let's talk about the biggest problem you're going to have. And well, one of the biggest problems facing Congress is you don't have a bipartisan commission to look into the insurrection. And basically that's, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I mean, look, let's be blunt. The reason why you don't is because there are a lot of Republicans who are scared to death. They're going to be prosecuted because they were involved in some form or fashion. How do you root out, ferret out that corruption? What is going to happen? Will there be a commission? Will there be indictments? Will, will members of Congress be, um, you know, <laughs> investigated? You certainly were for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. Well, we're going to find out just, you know, what the genesis of this was as far as, oh, look, Brian, let me back up. I think we, we know who was responsible for the attack. It was Donald Trump. But I, I think yes. what we do not know is what, what did Donald Trump do or not do on the day of the insurrection? You know, what, what was he told about the mob and their intentions? And did he hold back resources that could have saved officers, you know, lives and officers from, you know, injuries? Uh, you know, was there coordination, uh, you know, in these underground communication networks between Donald Trump, his son, Rudy Giuliani, Mo Brooks, and others uh, at the time? How did so many people know where to go, uh, you know, around the Capitol uh, complex? Uh, so we're going to find all of that out. I'm not worried about our ability to find this out once we have either a select committee or a committee or committees in charge. My fear, though, is, again, going to the, well, what do you do about it piece of this? Yes. If it's not an independent commission, it makes it much harder in a 50-50 Senate to enact reforms that are perceived as bipartisan, right? And, and that's, that was the brilliance of the September 11 commission was that almost every reform was enacted because it had the seal of bipartisan approval uh, behind it. And so it was hard to vote. Bipartisan approval when one, one party was involved, actively involved right. in the insurrection. Right. And, and so that's, that's the loss for the country is that uh, if we don't have an independent commission uh, and we are stuck in a 50-50 Senate, that will not break the filibuster. Right. I can't look you in the eye and tell you that we're going to be free from the same set of events happening in August when that former guy thinks he's coming back or January 6, 2025. Well, the, look, the big fear is that we don't learn from this and that we don't correct the problem. And there are people, I've, I've talked to people inside the White House and other members of the Democratic Party who go, look, Donald Trump's over with. We 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 beat him. Don't worry about it. It's he's we're putting him behind us. And I think that's the most foolish attitude to take because the man is, you know, just because the snake hasn't bitten you doesn't mean he's in the corner not waiting to do it. He's there. He's a rattlesnake yep. Yep. waiting to strike. Do you know that? So so Brian, yeah, just because Donald Trump is not in office does not mean that Trumpism, cronyism, corruption, misogyny, racism are not manifesting themselves in his you know, wannabe followers, right? These 
oh. you know, whether it's my colleagues in the Congress who want to be the next Trump and, and fill the void. How do you deal with them. <laughs> well, I, come on, it's got to be it's between. I mean, between you told, and everybody's listening. Yeah, yeah but have I told you my? Have I told you my pro wrestling theory about these guys? No, go ahead. I mean, just like any kid, I grew up, you know, watching uh, WWF at the at the time, and you know, it was eye opening when I was like, you know, ten or eleven, and, and your dad had to tell you, "Hey, son, you know, this is all fake. You know, these guys don't really they don't really hate each other. They're not really hitting each other with steel chairs. Right? Um, it's just a show." And what I learned, especially in the Trump era, was that for most of these guys, they don't look at their constituents as the people they represent they look at them as their fans so it's not so during the senate trial this is this is the best oh. example i can give you during the senate trial i was so fortunate to run into ted cruz in the senate men's bathroom and <laughs> cruz cruz introduces himself to me and says hey I, I just want you to know you're doing a great job out there and i thought is this guy for real he just had literally within 24 hours had scorched me on twitter had said some shit about me on Fox News. And in the bathroom, it's like we're two pro wrestlers backstage. And it's like, hey, don't don't worry that I just hit you over the head with the steel chair. Like we're we're bros. We're supposed to like each other. And that that to me actually, Brian, is worse yes. than somebody who actually believes in the crazy, right? So I'll I'll give you the craziest thing you're gonna hear today. I'm gonna compliment Marjorie Taylor Greene because when she walks by me in the halls of Congress, she wants to kill me. She yes. looks at me and I, I'm her mortal enemy. She believes in her crazy. But yes. Cruz, Jim Jordan, Matt Gates, it's all performative. I, I'm telling you, because they will see me and they'll be like, Swalwell, what's going on, man? How you doing, buddy? Like they because they don't think that I should take it personally what they say about me in the public realm, because that's just the World Wrestling Federation ring. That yes. that's that's how they, they see it. That's that's a good way to put it. Well, we're going to take a quick short break. And while we're, uh, I, I'd like to ask you one question going out today. Uh, Reality Winner was released from prison. Would you support a national shield law to keep reporters from having to give up confidential sources? Yes. Ah, great answer. Well, <laughs> and the short one too. We'll be right back. <laughs> Hey, Just Ask the Question podcast listeners. If you've got a second, head on over to Twitter and follow our official page, JATQ Podcast. That's JATQ Podcast. Again, that's at JATQ Podcast. Hi, I'm Brian Karam. This is Just Ask the Question, and with us is Congressman. Eric Swalwell and Eric, I guess uh, uh, we've got a few minutes left. And the unidentified aerial phenomenon <laughs> that the report that's going to come out of the Pentagon, that is, has, I have had more questions on that in the last uh, two, three months than I've had in the last 30 years uh, on this particular phenomenon. Um, what, what do you think is going to happen? And I, I, I hesitate to ask, you know, I mean, if you don't believe in life elsewhere, what's the use of the universe? But that's really not the question. I, I guess the question is, do you think we're being visited by uh, people from uh, other realms? Oh, gee, Brian, look at the time. I, uh, I got <laughs> <laughs> Best answer I've had yet to that. <laughs> 
gee, you know, love the answer. I got to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to, you know, some of these briefings that we have coming uh, as well. I, mean, I, I go into it completely open-minded. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think though of the, uh, did you see that? It was all over Twitter a couple of months ago, the, the floating ship in the United Kingdom. Yeah. It's like this, it was an optical illusion. Right. Uh, where because of like atmospheric pressure or something, a, a ship like a miles out in the ocean looked like it was like a hundred yards above the water. I, I do wonder how much of this will be explained by just, you know, optical illusions or just, you know, photographic uh, issues that existed. So I, again, I'm open-minded to all of this. Um, it seems Have like- you ever seen anything you couldn't explain? What's that? Have you ever seen anything you couldn't explain? No. Have you? Well, my, my mom one time in bib overalls, but other than that, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, my kids say that they have, and my mm -hmm. mother has said she has, and my wife has said she's seen something she couldn't explain. But that's a far cry from saying. Yeah, but I'm I'm open minded. I think that's the best thing we could do. The universe seems too big that you know we would be alone. Alone. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I watched, did you see the Neil deGrasse, uh, is it Neil deGrasse Tyson? Tyson, yeah. Yeah, he, he was interviewed by Bill Maher on, uh, on Friday night about the Big Bang Theory and it kind of touched on some of this. So I'm, I, I go into it, it was a fascinating interview. I'm, I'm open-minded and that's my job is to you know, be open-minded and, and see if we need to you know, project more resources on, on learning. Well, I, I, it's fascinating some of the things that have, cropped up and, and um, pilots are among the best trained observers you can have a aerial phenomenon because they're out there, they see it every day. So I have legitimate questions yeah. and it's a legitimate yeah. issue, but it's been taken lightly and discredited for so many years that I don't know if, if getting to the bottom of it is something that's going to be done by this particular report, but it, it would be interesting. I, I'll say this much, the QAnon supporters who keep telling me the reptilians have taken over the White House and 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 congress i i have no evidence of that yeah <laughs> or the cicada the, the cicada message with biden yeah the cicada <laughs> all i know about the cicada is honest to god is my dog has not eaten dog food for the last three days she just comes to the back door asks for garlic butter and old bay seasoning and that's <laughs> <laughs> they're great they're great fishing bait though that's true that is very true i i have fished with them but you know, I kind of feel sorry for them. 17 years underground, they come out, they get to party for a few weeks, have some fun, and then they die. That's, they got a trout uh, wrapped around you. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty soon. That's the way that goes. <laughs> well, listen, I, I know you have a hard out, so I'll, I'll, I'll let you go, but I, I appreciate you being with us. And I, I'd like to have you come back and talk a little bit more about uh, yeah. the insurrection. Of course, uh, of course. I, I think that is probably the most... Um, I, it, it's not, it doesn't sit easy with the American public, uh, the majority. Now I know what, you know, the social media does and I know what Twitter does, but it, yeah. I, the, one of the biggest questions I get constantly from readers is, uh, and listeners is what will be done about those who were responsible for the insurrection? How do we hold them responsible? And I guess that's an open-ended question. Uh, and the fact that, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene, at least, is honest with you and hates you, I, I don't know what to say about that. 
<laughs> she avoids me when I was downstairs yeah. one day. We could have gotten on the same tram and she wouldn't do it. <laughs> she knows. She knows. <laughs> well, I, I will just say credit to the FBI. This, this is the largest criminal investigation ever in the history of investigations with over 500 people now uh, arrested. But I don't just want the, uh, the lower level minions. No. The organizers have want, to be yeah, held exactly. accountable. Exactly. I, I mean, that was a well-organized thing. And I sat there and watched, honest to God, I could, you know, I watched them crawling the wall, pretending like they were Spider-Man. And I kept going, you know, there's there's steps on either side of this wall <laughs> you're crawling up. So they weren't the brightest. I said, somebody's going to fall and break their neck. And someone did. Yeah. And then they came over and threatened me. And I said, wait a minute, I'm a reporter with Playboy. And then, and then they stopped charging me and asked me if I could get him into a party. So <laughs> I, it was a, it was a weird. And then, you know, they, they were going to kill Pence. They had, a, they yeah. had, and this guy defended Trump afterwards. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with Gallo's humor got us through that day. But um, one of the, as we sat terrified on the, the house floor, not knowing if we were going to leave alive, um, I, I did look around and ask some of my colleagues, hey, where's that, where's that gal from Colorado who promised she was going to bring her gun to the floor? Like, we could sure as hell use her right now. <laughs> <laughs> she was nowhere to be found. No, no. That was, she, just, for a, that was just for a TV commercial. That's right. She was crouching behind a chair. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, Eric, I appreciate you being with us. The show has just asked the question. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks.